Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey, Cat. Hey, Moose. What are you doing? Oh, I am just celebrating another in person visit with you. I feel like I really do feel like you're one of the safest. You and producer Sarah are, are two of the safest people to be around. Well, that is a nice thing to say about someone. Yeah, I mean that actually not just because of COVID-19, but I mean it emotionally, too. My therapist was telling me this morning that um, that there is potentially like a thing that I do that is not necessarily a defense mechanism, but it's a thing that I do to um, that naturally like fosters people liking me. And how that might be something that I actually use to prevent intimacy in relationships because I'm not, I'm not always honest with how I feel. Like I'm always like showering of compliments and, oh, you're so great. And what can I do to serve you? And, and all that kind of stuff. And she said, while that's probably socially popular and acceptable, like you might consider that, that it might be something that blocks you from deeper intimacy in your relationships can we please talk about that (laughs) well i'm thinking like i don't have sex with everybody that i'm in relationship with so i really don't know what she's talking about well once again you're deflecting because you know as well as everyone listening that that is not intimacy right right so do you want to stop avoiding intimacy and have some intimate moments (laughs) sure (laughs) most definitely everybody join in it's gonna be a real uncomfortable episode (laughs) buckle in it's gonna be a roller coaster buckle in we're getting intimate i mean we're at least six feet apart right now right not really because of covid it's just no. the way the room is set up. <laughs> yeah, it's the way that <laughs> that producer sarah has us set up so we can't like swing at each other no. i think <laughs> so i think we're in a safe space for intimacy we are and then <laughs> sarah is a good six feet from us so it's a perfect yeah intimate triangle it's a perfect threesome it is a- <laughs> and producer sarah shaking her head <laughs> and we have three friends also shaking their head going dear god we never thought you guys were gonna go there but you did oh <laughs> uh, well that's every episode yeah that's true i was talking to our friend nikki the other day and she was telling me that that she listens to a lot of podcasts she listens to like Brene brown and you know all all the you know krista tippett and i don't know if she listens to that one but it like in that realm yeah. you know and she goes but every now and then she goes I just need to listen to something that's fun and lighthearted." and she said especially when I'm working out and so she listens to our podcast while she's working out and I love that and she said too she said that sometimes she literally has to stop what she's doing in her workout because she's laughing so hard well that is why we are here we had no idea what we were going to offer but that seems to be the one at the top of the list (laughs) comedy was not on our list (laughs) (laughs) in fact anytime we use the word comedy in our tagline you were like i am not comfortable with that i'm not i'm not when i think comedy i think of like uh molly shannon i think of yeah she's you know, awkward like us that's yes, why we love I her love her yeah but i know she was popular 15 years ago too so no, it makes sense that she's gonna be back her and sherry o'terry i think yep. because of the election year like oh, yeah. we're gonna see a lot of like i know maya rudolph is gonna be playing kamala harris good and yeah. and as she should right. like that's gonna be amazing so what do you think about, I mean, we have the Democratic National no, Convention. No, 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 no. We are going back to intimacy. We will, <laughs> we're going to touch base on a you lot of things. You don't want to go to politics? I mean, you know I do because I love it, but no, not right this second. So this is a rare moment when you open up your 
pink underbelly. Oh and my say, god! Come rub it. No, what the <laughs> hell are you even saying? I'm talking about. Do you want to massage my hernia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so okay, I I know what your therapist is saying when she says the um, the loving um, affirmations that you offer, mm. but. Talk to me about where she said that is blocking intimacy. Like, can you explain that a little more? Um, basically, well, I, I don't know. I'm still unpacking it. I just got out of my therapy session before I drove here and I cried the whole way here about Aww. it. And so, um, no, it was a good, it was a good cleansing cry. You know, it's like when somebody, and I don't want to say calls you out cause it wasn't like, right. it wasn't mean, right. like it, it wasn't in that kind of spirit. But like when somebody says like, Hey, this is a thing that I see. Um, and she even said my body language, which how does she even read that over like a zoom call? But my body language, she said, you kind of panicked. Like when I brought this out, like mm-hmm. you kind of panicked and I was like, what do you mean I panicked? And I was sitting there <laughs> holding myself like I was in a straight jacket. You've got your thumb in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and you're rocking back, rocking and, back forth. and forth. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so painful. When yeah. like, when somebody like challenge, especially your therapist challenges you. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to leave that. And yeah. Come back to it. And we can come back to We can come back to intimacy. <laughs> Clearly, I've got a lot to work through as well, it pertains to that. I've got a part two to kind of get you out of that of the camping trip. I followed up with my therapist. It was the first time I had after that and kind of explained, you know, how all hell broke loose. If you haven't listened to it, <laughs> there were demons and uh, lots saw, of demons. Saw sides of myself that I haven't seen in years. And she was like, okay, we're going to do the whole, what age were you thing and all of that. And so in the actual therapy session, I said I was three because mm. I wanted to throw a fit. But mm-hmm. then when I started talking a little bit more, I realized, I think she's a teenager and she mm. feels very like threatened and she, she doesn't want to do what you tell her to do. Mm. And she's uncomfortable and not probably safe. also a little hormonal. Probably. Let's be honest. I'm in my early forties. Um, but, uh, anyway, the thing that we landed on is I, I, she was like, okay, so what's coming up? Why, why is this camping trip upsetting to you? And I broke down crying because, uh, I think what it came down to, or at least this is what came up is that I didn't have those experiences as a kid. So I have no grid for what to expect. I have no Mm. idea what it means to like, Hey kids, we're going on a camping trip this weekend. Let's let's get together and pack some stuff. Mm -hmm. I have a very vague memory of my dad taking me fishing, Mm -hmm. but I had to wake up at 4am. So it wasn't a good memory. No, that's not a good memory. (laughs) But like, I, like I just full on broke down because according to my therapist, it's like, you know, I went camping with producer Sarah and she has this unbelievable story of every summer, like going to California and camping Mm -hmm. on the beach and, Mm -hmm all of these amazing memories. And I think in some ways she wants to relive that with, you know, her friends and who she's living life with now. And somewhere underneath all that, I was just like really hurt that this was my first experience. And then I didn't have any of those. Oh, I see. So like a lot of your, um, volcanic emotional outbursts came from actually being hurt because you didn't have those kind of experiences growing up. So you were kind of grieving and even being like, 
like mad about the fact that you didn't have those experiences. Yeah. And I also think like, because producer Sarah has a certain way of doing things. Cause that's what she knows. I don't have that grid. Mm. So for me, I just wanted to have a good time. I wanted to like relive a childhood that maybe I didn't have, which mm. is freaking heavy. And you shouldn't put that on anyone. <laughs> so that's all me. But it was really interesting to see come up of like, I don't have a lot of memories of like, woohoo, let's go do this thing. Like mm. we did have a few vacations but it always felt traumatic. <laughs> it always felt traumatic and dramatic, you yeah, know? Yeah. It, it never felt like I can let loose. And why is that? Why when the family gets together, like why, why is it like I had this experience recently. Um, I went to Alabama and um, my mom rented a cabin for her birthday and basically just said like, I want you and your sister and the boys to come. And so it was my mom, my sister, me and my two nephews. Um, and we had a lovely time. Like it was really great, but there were moments where the tension was so thick thick you could cut it with a butter knife yeah. you know and I can't even describe why it just was and we all knew it and then on the way home from our camping trip god bless my sister my sister um chokes often because she's got a, a small I think that's the pharynx or the larynx or um esophagus esophagus yeah so my sister started choking on something and I didn't know what to do and so I yelled at her I wanted her to stop the car and my sister was like you know your tone suggested that you were mad at me that you thought I was stupid and I was like well what my tone meant is I was afraid yeah I was afraid scared. because I, I love you and we were in a car going 90 miles an hour down the road and I didn't know how to help you you know yeah and and in this moment, it, it was interesting how after having spent the whole weekend together, which was truly lovely. I mean, there were moments of tension because how can there not be when there's like an eight year old and a toddler running around? You right. know, it's Plus like oh. all of our secret eight year olds and toddlers exactly. inside of us. Yeah. We start talking about all of our characters. There were 16 of us in that cabin, you totally. know. And so um, it was really interesting how it, it, it seemed like there needed to be a bit of an outburst almost to kind of level the playing field again to kind of get back to like normalcy. And I, th I think that that's really interesting how that happens, especially in a family dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is you've known these people for 40 some years. Right. So you, you're in some ways your, um, your guard is up, but many ways it's down. And so even though you've known your sister for as long as you have, you're only experiencing her now at a few hours at a time. Right. So I always say two and a half days is the most I can do with my family. <laughs> and I'm not even being funny. Like uh -huh. that is when it starts falling apart. Huh. And I don't know why, hmm. but, um, and that's really extending it. Like honestly, one and a half. Is really <laughs> and my sister would agree with that. And my mom would say, hell yeah, hmm. I agree with that. Hmm. And it is, it is sad because I think for me, when my mom was alive, like going up near Cincinnati where they're from and, uh, and, and living with the, or staying with them for a weekend, even like, I just, I felt like all of a sudden I was the kid again. Mm. And I think there's like all these internal family systems that mm -hmm. we talk about mm -hmm. of, you know, I'm an adult in my day to day life. I run a business. I have right. relationships. I have colleagues. You I have, have a peers, I have a podcast, you know, all these different things. I have a dog, I have a house. I know how sort of to be an adult. Uh -huh. And then the minute that you step back into your family, mm -hmm. I think uh, from a parental side, mm -hmm. often they, my mom at least could be pretty critical, mm -hmm. you know, and she was very loving as well, mm -hmm. but 
she took the time she had in front of me to let me know <laughs> some things I might want to work on. Uh-huh. Well, that that is a very um, that's a very concentrated time to do a lot of that. Yeah. And even if it's as simple as, oh, I see you have new shoes or what? A, oh, there's a new haircut. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my God, you I have just stabbed me with a K bar. You yeah. did. And yeah. it's like, I, so I think a lot of it has to do with roles. Like mm-hmm. I'm used to being in charge of me. And the minute I get around my family, either I have to mute myself because I'm too much, which in my case, I feel that way. Like I have to like, I really have to pull back and take lots of breaks, like walk away Mm -hmm. and breathe and do all these things. I I have to think that's common, but I see people that are friends of mine that go home. I have a lot of friends that are, you know, in their twenties, early thirties. And during COVID when their companies have not had them in the building, they went home to their, Mm -hmm. their uh, primary families mm-hmm. and they seem to be doing fine. And that is shocking to me because well, I don't think I could be in that space that long. Well, when I, when you say they seem to be doing fine, you, I'm assuming that you're basing that on their Instagram posts. Well, no, I'm basing it on the fact that they're still there for months. <laughs> yeah. You that's know what I'm true. saying? Yeah, like they're, yeah. they're like posting, like we have a friend, Lindsay, who mm-hmm. is her family is based in Indiana and she's with them. And I just couldn't stay in the same space. You know, I see. Yeah. And to me, it's like I go like I think of our friend Rachel that we work with. And I think that, you know, she's had some time up in I think it's in Minnesota where she's been. And um, and she's like working out every day and she's like doing all this cool stuff with her family and and all of that. And it also makes me wonder, like, what is going on when it's not an Instagram story. Like there have to be family blowups. There yeah. have to be feuds. There have to be arguments. There have to be awkward moments or whatever. And I mean, how wonderful is it that, you know, that some of us have family that you can just be yourself around, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of cool. And speaking of that, I really took the time to observe from our last episode, we talked about how, um, one of the characters in my internal family systems in my own body and in my personality, how one of the characters is a toddler with a very heavy laden diaper, um, with a, a mohawk mullet type thing and a rat tail and a bad Trump tattoo. And I'm holding revolvers and, and all of that. I was really intentional to watch my two-year-old nephew this weekend and how he behaved. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And it was amazing. Like there was one point at which he was holding this thing that an old person would call a walker, but a two-year-old would call like a toy that sings Mary had a little lamb and like all this kind of stuff. So he was like holding this thing and pushing it around in, in this cabin that we were in had, had this kind of like central, I'm sure it was like the supporting beams of the cabin where it separated the kitchen from the dining room. And so it was this perfect circle for him to run around in that, with that Mary had a little lamb walker Yeah, and he, he pushed that thing and came around the corners at like 600 miles an hour and just screamed. He was just like, like every time he would come around the corner and he did it over and over and over and over. And I was like, if I behaved like that in my real life at this age, it would be 100% unacceptable. But the fact that he's two years old and doesn't know any better, and that's his consciousness, he's like, this is 
freaking great you know yeah and i thought oh my gosh like i am him like i watched him his attention span was like three seconds long and he would play with one thing and then if he couldn't get another thing he would just scream and cry and and throw fits and i thought it was really quite hilarious how i have that personality still existing in in myself you know and And when we were talking about this last week, we asked our listeners like, Hey, write in or call in and let us know what you think the name of the baby should be. And one of our most faithful listeners, Chris said that he thought that the baby's name should be Tex. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. So just so you know, Chris Tex lives in my lower left quadrant of my abdomen and he has got fully loaded 357 Magnum, uh, not rifles, handguns, revolvers. revolvers. Thank you. Yes. He's got loaded 357 revolvers and is just sitting in there waiting to just run around that kitchen Island. Did you ever want to like pinch your little nephew when he was going crazy? Like I, that's the first feel like if they're over two, like I'm not saying you got to pinch babies. I like to bite babies, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> but when they're running around acting a fool, like I just want to like grab them and give them a little pinch and then walk away really quick. Like, I don't know why they're crying. I I didn't feel that way. My, the way that I felt is I wanted to be at all times, at least four feet away from him. And I wanted to study him. I wanted to observe him. Hmm. I did not want to interface with him. I didn't want to interact with him. And my sister even said at one point, she, she joked like she was crying really hard and she goes, do you reject my children? Do you not love my children? Because I would always just stand back and watch. (laughs) And I was like, no, gosh, I love your children. I love you. I love your children. But I was just so fascinated at like, that's what it's like to be a two year old. Yeah. Like that's what it's like to be an eight year old. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't even get outside my own head long enough to want to pinch somebody. So my homework for you with all of this observation is Based on what your therapist shared with you this morning, how old did you feel when she asked or when she suggested that it could be possible that your affirmations were to prevent intimacy? Man, well, well, my initial reaction, and she and I talked about this, is I felt really stupid. I felt really stupid and because that's kind of my go-to. Yeah. That's my go-to emotion is that, oh, well, I'm stupid. And, and that kind of basically equates to shame. You know, and, and I really feel like kind of that age that I, I really, if I think back, I feel like that's kind of in the 12 to 15 years old yeah, range. And, and maybe, that's maybe you learned it. Yeah. Maybe I learned it then. And that, that's interestingly the time during which my parents separated and divorced. Um, it's when I went through a, a really bad, you know, sexual abuse situation with a, um, kind of an extended family member. And, and so, yeah, I mean like that, that time in my life is when shame was a real big thing. Yeah. So that, that's kind of where it takes me back to. I kind of felt like she was saying, Hey, Hey, Kathy at 12 years old, you know, Hey, you know, this is a thing. And I really appreciated that. She also clarified, I'm not pointing out something bad, right? Like this is actually a quality that you have. And she said the fact it's socially not only acceptable, but it's socially popular. People love to get compliments. Mm -hmm. You know, you're loved by the masses, you know, and in your job, like most people like working with you. Well, it's because of this gift over here that you have, but this gift can also potentially be a, a stumbling block. So I appreciated that she didn't just leave me sitting there in my 12 year old shame either. Right. 
And it could be uh, one thing I always tell myself when somebody points something out, usually my therapist, um, I always remind myself, I'm doing this to protect myself Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way. Like this is something I built up in order to protect myself. And then I say, do I still need that anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She brought up that question for me today too. And she said, maybe you can consider, you know, if, if this is a a mechanism or a behavior that is still useful to you. Mm. And I thought, wow, well, if I stopped using it, I could certainly drop all of my clients and all of my colleagues. (laughs) Well, I think part of that too is your, is one of the things that you pride yourself in is your diplomacy. I think, I think those two things go hand in hand for you. Um, yeah. So my, my diplomacy, I, I think that like I have, I haven't had that behavior and just set it on the shelf and let it dance monkey dance, you know, like I've had that behavior and I have shaped it. I have honed it. I have mm-hmm. trained it. I have done all the things. So yeah, it's like, well, if I've got this gift, I'm going to go ahead and really, really sharpen it to be the absolute best it can be. So in some ways I'm super prideful about that. I'm like, yeah, I am really diplomatic and I can be the velvet hammer and all those things. But what I haven't done is I haven't really spent much time examining what could potentially be the flat side of that. Yeah. Well, we will give you a full week to determine that and come back and (laughs) tell us what you learned. I'll bring, I'll bring a report. Um, so speaking of things that I'm learning, you know, I'm going to school Yep. and I learned that the word muscle comes from the Latin word meaning little mouse. Really? Did you know that? No. Why is it called little mouse? Well, ancient Romans, when they would flex their bicep, they thought that the flexion of the bicep looked like a little mouse. Okay, that's amazing. And so the Latin word for muscle comes from little mouse. So now when you say, hey, I've torn a muscle, you can say, I've ripped a little mouse apart. Uh, if I if I was my mom Bonnie, I would call it my mousel from now on. Your mousel. She would always instead of mustard, she loved to call it mousterd. <laughs> on purpose. On purpose. That's amazing. And she also drew lots of smiley faces with her mousterd. I love that. I love that. Have you ever done a dating app? No. <laughs> no, I have not. And I don't I don't find any um and when I say no, I just go like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm that's so like, ooh." Um no, I haven't, but I have a lot of um respect for dating apps and I know a lot of people that have used them and that have great relationships because of them. Yeah. I'm just absolutely speaking of intimacy, I'm terrified by that. Yeah, I am too. I tried it once uh in my 30s and I just I already have anxiety and it was too much. Like it was way too much. But the reason I bring it up is I had a friend come over. We will keep her anonymous last week and she's on the app Bumble. Okay. And um, I have never had more fun than going through her Bumble. Really? Okay. So, so is it associated with Bumble and Bumble, like the cosmetic products? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Because that shampoo smells good. But it's... Talk about it things is we good. love. Bumble and Bumble. I, I'm with you. I love that brand. Um, It smells like the beach. Oh, it smells like heaven. Yeah. So it's just Bumble. It's like every other app now where you swipe left or right. And so left, I'm learning all this. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, we know. I married that guy. He's, <laughs> he's my husband. But um, so you swipe left if you're not interested and right. And with Bumble, you have to initiate as the female that you, you swipe right. And 
they can't talk to you until you've swiped right after they have. So you both have to have swiped that you're interested. Okay. So I am sitting on the couch with my friend and have it up on the big screen TV. I like, oh. I like threw it up on. Oh my gosh! I can't Apple believe TV. she let you do that. Oh, she was totally into it. And she's like, just promise me that you won't swipe without my permission. I'm like, no, that's good. So like. She's taller, so it needed to be someone over 5'10". Mm-hmm. And um, and there were very specific things, you know? Like, she wanted them to have some sort of spirituality and all these different things. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, we're it's just enjoyable because we're like, no! Or like, oh my gosh, he's cute, you know? And we played that game for a little bit. And then there, I swipe left, and sure enough, there is a couple on the screen wait and and i'm like no like they're looking for a thruple yeah they no. want they want a thruple really yeah they're like we i mean but totally normal and i'm not i'm not judging i'm just i'm bringing it up because of my surprise so i i'm literally like, no and so i like read it and it's like we are looking for a female who da 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 and we would love to meet up for coffee i'm oh. like Wow. I'm like, unless coffee is a euphemism, that is not what you are. You really, the two of you are going to fall in love with another person. I just could not get my head around that. Then I keep swiping and we left and right and we do all this. And sure enough, like there's this thing that happens where it's like, boom. And then it means that they've swiped right on you too. It's very exciting. And it happened. And we were like, oh my God, let's see who it is. Does it have like all the birthday confetti? Totally. And all that kind exactly. Of stuff? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and it makes this noise and like all the, you wonder why people play slot machines with all of those. <laughs> oh my God. Like I wanted to get on the app just to hear the noise. And it was like, boom. And we all like cheer. It was me and producer Sarah and her. And we're like, we like cheer. We're like, let's look at him. But anyway. We haven't found anyone for her yet, but she is so freaking brave. And I just want to give a shout out Mm. to all of the men and women out there who are bravely on these dating apps. And, and like, I'm so proud of my friend because, um, she just got to a place where she's like, what does it hurt for me to go have lunch or coffee with this person? You know, like, and she's been smart. She's not wasting her time. She'll talk to somebody for a while before she gets to know him. But Mm -hmm. I'm like blown away at what kind of guts that takes well i think so too and i really like there's a huge part of me that has a huge amount of admiration for that so i agree with you i've got a really good friend that lives in atlanta um and she is currently married to someone that she you know ultimately ended up meeting on a dating app and um and i remember like for years like she would talk to me about her different experiences and i was always like kind of like you said like i wasn't judgy about it i was just curious i was like well what is that like what is that like you know and and i think it's so fascinating how many couples have come together through something like that right i know i mean we i can think of many mutual friends that we have who've married their partner so Shout out to you guys. I also just want to make a, I want to share a story with, <laughs> when I lived in Florida, my roommate at the time, I had two roommates cause we were poor and we were living in West Palm beach, which is one of the most expensive <laughs> counties in America. And, um, and she came home. It was right when like match started and she was uh-huh. like, I'm going to try this. And she, she goes on this blind date and she comes home and we're like, tell us about it. Tell us about it. And she's like, well, it was different. And we're like, ah, oh, you didn't connect. And she's like, no, we really did connect. And I was hmm. like, you know what? Tell me about it. And she was like, well, he has a toe for a thumb. Wait, <laughs> what? What? 
A toad? Wait, what? <laughs> I guess he... I'm totally being serious. You you have to be kidding me right now. I mean, I couldn't make this up. So I guess he was in an accident and lost his thumb. So they replaced his... No. They took his big no. toe you're, off. You're totally... You're like setting me up for some like... Man, I'm like just producer telling you... Sarah, producer Sarah's going to do a... Bum, bum, no, you know, like no. it's going to be a thing where it's it was like his big toe. And look, I know some no, people have no. finger shaped toes. No finger. Sorry. Toe shaped thumbs. And that is no disregard for them. This was an actual toe that was on his hand. He had a whole story about it. It was like some sort of accident. Um, And so so she just had to come to terms with the question of like. I really like this guy. It's first date or whatever. <laughs> but so- can I be fondled by his toe? <laughs> <laughs> so I got telling my friend and producer Sarah about the story. And we were on the back porch laughing so hard. Cause I just pictured like this guy putting his hand on my face, no. and rubbing my cheek with a thumb. And like <laughs> my eyes just go to the thumb the whole time. And there's a little hair right at the bottom of the thumb. Like, uh- I- so that can't be real. <laughs> like that can't be real. Well, it's real. Oh my gosh. And so like, are they married with children now? No. So she went on a couple dates with him, but uh, I don't think anything turned up, but I don't think it was because of the toe thumb. Huh? That, that is really, it, there's not a ton that just leaves me without <laughs> words, but that leaves me without words because like I have like a, this beautiful kind of like yin yang picture of compassion and terror, like all at the same time. I'm like, Oh, that's so awesome. Like, I love that. Like someone was creative enough to go, okay, like we need to help this guy have one of the most important appendages that we have and that's a thumb and we need to do that by utilizing another part of his body which is a toe um and and i really appreciate that and i also appreciate that the person's probably like man like wow i've got a thumb i mean i've got a toe for a thumb and <laughs> i wish that's everyone that could I'd, see professor cat right i now. have to work through um, but I'm glad I have this appendage because I can like grab, you know, I can grab a can, I can use a can opener, like all of that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, like going like, dude, you have a thumb. That's a toe, a big toe. What? What? I mean, any toe. This isn't, um, it's not toe. like they took the little toe. That would be weird. That would be odd. But look at your big toe and then close your eyes and squint. I need everyone to do this right now. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, they mine's look, pretty I, big. They look identical, except one's just a little shorter and squattier. No, yours is definitely your thumb. Your toe is definitely bigger than your. But my point is, wouldn't you lose your balance if you didn't have a big toe? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe he just kind of walked funny, but he preferred having a thumb. <laughs> it's like, hey, I might walk funny, but by golly, I can open a can of pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, cat. Hey, moose. Okay, this is a monumental moment. At least it is for me because it required the internet. I had to actually go on there and look at all this beautiful work you've done. And you have created several tiers of patronage that our new patrons can participate in via the website Patreon. And what Patreon is, is it basically gives you the opportunity to get more exclusive content from Cat and Moose. And you do some sort of financial commitment that is really 
really minimal. And if it feels worth your while, well, you can keep doing it. So we have several tiers of participation. The first one is called Be Your Own Snowman. And what does Be Your Own Snowman mean? Be Your Own Snowman basically means you be you. You do you and you let other people do their thing. It's a concept that I learned in therapy that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. Let's talk about level two. Level two is the P-Dogs and She-Dogs. And you get everything that the one before that gets, which includes a bonus shorty and all kinds of fun stuff like Patreon shout outs and behind the scenes content. And then if you want to step it up even more, you can go and be a part of the Shag Nasty tier. And the Shag Nasty tier invites you to carry the mantle that my late grandmother left me. And that is being someone called Shag Nasty. So being a part of this tier means you get to be a part of our themed PPPs. What is a PPP? It's not government money. It's the private patron party, and we're going to do some fun parties on Zoom uh, that will be themed. Could be 80s, could be Tiger King, could be Space Camp. We don't know. We don't know. And the fourth tier is the Cox and Mox. It sounds dirty, but it's not dirty unless it's a martini. Get your mind out of the gutter. Cox and Mox are cocktails and mocktails with Cat and Moose. You get to go to dinner with us, and that's limited to five people. We love our community, and we will figure out a way to get together. And it'll be so much fun to hang out with you at a restaurant in Nashville. So on to our fifth and final tier. It is Tattoos with Cat and Moose. I cannot even believe that you suggested this, but I am so incredibly impressed that you are willing to do this. I'm actually really excited about it because I've never gotten a tattoo. I'd love to get a tattoo with you, Moose, but I think it would be fun for us to go get a tattoo with one of our listeners. And I bet we could loop in Producer Sarah. I am totally down for this, and I guarantee you we can loop in Producer Sarah. We're going to go get a tattoo together. Be our fifth level patron on Patreon. There's only room for one. Check us out at patreon.com slash cat and moose. Okay, I have another question for you. Okay. I opened a can of worms. Not on, pineapple. Uh, not pineapple on my Facebook, my personal Facebook oh, Lord, this week. You do this all the time. I totally do. I totally do. And then I end up deleting it. This one, I well, I did delete a couple things about old, uh, old Mr. Liberty University. Oh, gosh. But I don't want to talk about that. Okay, good. Because I'm not totally caught up to speed. Because you know I don't I don't look at social media and read the news okay, we and have stuff to talk like about that. This then. But well, no, no, I know we about it. No, we I know to. about it. I know about it because I have a handful of people in my life, a couple of clients, and a couple of really great colleagues and a couple of really great friends who are super newsos like you are. Like and so they keep me informed. Like they are my right. and, and so now I know that every night of the Republican National Convention, something new comes out about this thruple. Well, he he was sitting in a corner watching it. I'm sure he was just watching. Well, how are you sure? I'm joking. The part that pisses me off, and I wasn't going to talk about this, is when it came out, he blamed his wife oh, for having an affair. Oh, yeah. It's all her fault. Yeah. It's it's all her fault. Therefore, I'm going to resign. Yeah. And then he said, I'm not resigning. And they said, oh, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. So the thing yeah, I brought way up. Way to lead a Christian university, dude. Yeah. And he's the one that, in a lot of people's opin- opinions, delivered the evangelical vote for Trump four mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. So it didn't hurt my feelings that that came out right before the rnc convention but 
here we go. Well, and it also makes me wonder though, like how much, like how much were he and his wife paid to make that story up and just to smear the Republican party? No, 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 that's very possible. It's not possible. It is possible. The guy who was a part of the thruple did an entire article. I mean, he could be an actor. Why would he smear Trump when Trump has given him all of the power possible? I mean, I mean, because the Democrats gave him even more power. You know what? Your diplomacy is not working here. (laughs) And my ignorance is, is really shining bright. It's actually not, you know, most of it. Okay. So the thing that I opened the can of worms on, on Facebook Mm -hmm. is I noticed myself a few days ago on the phone with some peers, like people that do the same job I do that I work with very closely. I think we should have producer Sarah define peers now, according to Wikipedia or Webster's dictionary. It is kind of a weird word. I was hanging out with my peers. The definition for the word peer in this context is one that is of equal standing with another reference. Merriam Webster's dictionary. There we go. So same, same age. Or no, same ability or whatever. So I just want to make a point to say that I'm not managing this person and they're mm-hmm. not my boss. Okay? okay. But I, I, there were two specific scenarios before like noon that I, I heard the phrase come out of my mouth of, I'm so proud of you. Hmm. And it was meant completely genuine and completely yeah. sincere. And <clears throat> I got off the phone on one of those calls and it didn't, it didn't land wrong or anything. And I just had this thought of like, wow, does I'm proud of you mean the same to other people as it does to me? And it does not. (laughs) (laughs) Like for me, that's the one phrase that I always wanted my parents to say to me. Mm, That they're proud of you. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize it till later. And my mom had a song and it went like this. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I hope that you are proud of you too. That's so sweet. That's awesome. So anyway, I I asked the question on the Facebook, the interwebs. I said things inside of my head. When someone, say a peer, says, I'm proud of you. How does that make you feel? I found myself saying that to a couple people today and wondered if that phrase can ever come across as disrespectful or condescending. Curious your thoughts. Hmm. And here are a few of the responses. I was really surprised because I thought people were going to be like, no, I love it. And so, um, A friend, Jen, says, I mostly appreciate it, but it does depend on who's saying it, what my relationship with that person is. Mm -hmm. Another friend said, sometimes I do feel like it comes off condescending. Even if it's not the intention, it feels a bit like a pat on the head coming from a peer. And then someone else said, I've tried to learn to take it as a compliment. I don't think people try to sound condescending when they say it, but I think past experiences can tarnish the way we hear it. Mm. And then a friend named Bill in Florida, he said, I feel condescended to it, especially when I feel like I've actually achieved a bit more than the person who says it. But maybe that's my own weird coming out. So I just wanted to ask you, like, when someone says I'm proud of you, does it feel like who the f- do you think you are? Right. It, it, um, it totally depends on the person. Like I agree with whoever on your thread said that it depends on the, I think Jen said that, um, it depends on the person because there, there are some people who I, I don't want to be talked down to by, I mean, I don't want to be talked down to 
from period. anybody. Yeah. yeah. But there are certain people in my life that like I'm more sensitive to that than others. Like it triggers, I guess, like daddy issues or something like that. And um, so, yeah, it really does depend on the person. Like you have said to me a few different times throughout our relationship that you're proud of me for something that I did. And to me, like that makes me want to beat my chest and like throw my arms up and go, yeah, you know, because I feel like, man, like if Moose is proud of me, like I have done good. Like, because you're a trusted, safe, for the most part, friend. (laughs) No, you're a trusted, safe friend. And so when you say you're proud of me, I genuinely believe that. But there are certain people in my life that if they said that, I would, I, I would really have a hard time with it. Yeah. I thought about it. I thought about people who I don't respect saying that, And I think I would think, what the hell did they mean by that? Right. And so anyway, I'm going to one suggestion that I loved from a friend of ours named Julie. She had an interesting perspective, (laughs) perspective. She had a, she had had a mouse in her pectoral. (laughs) She had an interesting, (laughs) oh my God, I've had a stroke. Take me. All right. Perspective. She said, it is my biggest pet peeve. My mom can be proud of me and my husband can be proud of me, period. Anyone else I feel condescended to. Tell me you're impressed with me. Tell me you admire me. Ooh. Any number of things would work. I can't really explain why it crawls all over me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try and fix that and maybe say, um, you know, something like, I'm impressed. Like impressed though. I like I like impressed. You do? Yeah, I really do. Like like if someone like let's say um gosh, I mean pick one of your peers. Chances are there's somebody that I'd have at least heard of if not no. Producer Sarah. Okay, so let's no, producer Sarah is different. She's one okay. of my closest people. Um, um let's go with our friend Chris. Yes. Yeah, perfect example. Let's go with our friend Chris. If Chris said, "Cat, I am proud of you." That would sit with me and go like, well, he's a little bit older than me. He's a little bit more experienced than me. He's way more emotionally evolved than me. He knows how to pronounce things better than me. I guess that would feel good if if Chris was proud of me. Like that that would feel good. If Chris said to me, Kat, I am impressed with you, I would be over the moon. Gosh, I would be I just over feel so differently. Like I would be like, you mean Chris, the guy who is older than me and more experienced than me and emotionally more aware than me and all these things more than me. He's impressed with me like that. That would shoot me over the moon in a good way. I don't care anything about impressing people. Really? Like that to me feels like like fake affirmation. Mm. I can't, I can't describe it, but proud means it's from the heart to me. Mm. Impressed means that I did something in my career. Huh? So for me, proud of you means something about your identity and your character and impressed feels like a fleeting thing. So, so what if Chris said to you like moose, I really admire X about you. I would like that. Yeah. So admire admiration feels different than than admiration. Well, the word admire feels more worshipy, very connected though. Like, Mm. like proud, but impressed feels just fleeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm glad we figured that out. I'm glad we figured that out. So we we would love to hear from you because we when we talk about our listeners, like we talk about Jimmy who called in this week, we talk about Chris who named my baby character Tex. Um, like our listeners, like what would you like to hear? Would you like to hear Cat or Moose say, "Hey, I am proud of you," or would you like for us to say, "Hey, I'm impressed with you," or would you like for us to say, "Hey, I really admire you," or would you like for us to say none of it? Like, what do you guys think? Call one eight six six K A T M O O five or email us at hello at catandmoosepodcast dot com. Okay, so producer Sarah was sharing with me um, these fly traps that she bought that basically have like powdered feces in them, <laughs> and and they attract flies. And the flies go into the thing and then the flies like die and then they rot. And then that smells like powdered feces and it brings more flies. Yeah. So she was sharing this thing with me, which made me think of a story that my uncle told me about his plum tree. Basically like he had a plum tree. It, it produced all these luscious plums and it was really wonderful. And he was like, I had to cut it down. And I'm like, why in the world would you cut down a productive plum tree? And he said, well, I cut down a productive plum tree because it attracted rats. So oh he literally, my, like yeah. not mice, rats. No rats, like full on rats, Man, like, like secret of take my money rats. and come cut it down. Yes, and, and and that's pretty much what he said. Is he was like, okay, I had to get rid of the tree. It brought the rats, but it made me think of that story that we talked about. You know, lies you're told by your parents about how things can grow in your stomach. You know, it's like you swallow a watermelon seed and mm-hmm. you can grow a watermelon in your stomach, or you swallow an apple seed because I like to eat the apple core, and so I'm going to grow an apple tree you're not gonna believe what i found on the internet oh my gosh please i'm just so proud of you for googling i I mean i was on the internet like (laughs) this was amazing so this guy in massachusetts inhaled a pea okay like a green pea he was in the hospital for another thing but one of the things that they brought him to eat was peas And so he inhaled a pee into his lungs. And so he left the hospital. He was fine for a long time. And then he started having these lung issues. And so he went back into the hospital thinking that whatever he was in there for to begin with had just perpetuated itself. And they did an x-ray of his lungs and the pee actually sprouted in his lungs. Shut your mouth. It did. It sprouted in his lungs. No lie. So you can inhale. So did they like do hold on? Here's my first thought is they had to operate. But can you open a lung? I don't know. The article didn't go that far. Oh, my God. It basically was like he and his the article ended by he and his wife just going, well, uh, maybe he should work for Jolly Green Giant. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is serious. He sprouted Wait, in the man's lungs. Okay, so lungs. did he? How did it get in his lungs? Well, he was eating, and apparently, it quote unquote went down the wrong tube. Yeah, he as- asphyxiated. Yeah. Well, Wait, no, he aspirated. That's what that is. When you breathe in, I think when you breathe in particles of food. I had to learn all this with my parents being in the hospital. <laughs> If they like, if they're not ready to swallow after mm-hmm. a stroke or something, uh-huh. like it can go down the wrong pipe, aspirate, mm-hmm. and then create a bacterial infection in your lungs. Wow. Well, this didn't create a bacterial infection. This pee grew in the man's lungs. It created a plant. It created a plant. Oh my! Can you research and find out what happened to him? I will do it. Please. It'll be in our show notes. <laughs>
things we love. <laughs> okay, what is a thing that you love this week, Kat? Okay, a thing that I love this week, and and the reason I love it is because I went in down this just rabbit hole of the barrel-eyed fish. Have you heard of the barrel-eyed fish? <laughs> no, please share. Okay, it's the coolest thing in the world. So this is a fish that is called the Pacific barrel-eyed fish, and this fish has a kind of it looks like a fish i mean what do i say like it looks like a fish it's got a dark body it's got a tail it's got fins but its face is very it looks a little bit like if a fish was a pug like the fish basically looks like it's got like a like a shoved in face and it's got these eyes that kind of look like barrels well the thing about the barrel eyed fish is that the top part of its head is see-through no, I'm looking yes, it up. Yes, you have to look it up. I love nationalgeographic.com. Oh my gosh, I just subscribed to the actual magazine. Did you really? On Amazon, you can do it for like $7 a year because I remember growing up and reading those. Oh, the hologram. Do you remember the hologram growing up? No. Oh, it had, oh my gosh, it was my favorite magazine of my grandmother's, the same one that called me Shag Nasty. Of course. She had a collection of National Geographic magazines and one of them had a human skull on the front of it that was that was. Created created using a hologram so it looks Whoa. 3d and i remember thinking at like six years old or whatever it was that that was like the coolest thing i'd ever seen so talking about things we love i love national geographic and the cool stuff that they teach us about that that you just pulled up on your phone is the barrel eyed fish that has a see-through skull this, it looks like there's two limes in there i know that's it what its brain looks like i've never seen anything like that yeah they found it in 2009 at about 2,000 feet of depth in the pacific ocean is it like oh it's in the pacific okay mm -hmm. wow okay mine totally doesn't isn't as good as yours oh that's not and now true. i'm jealous i was gonna share um i if you are like a handwriter notes or thank you notes or whatever to people one of my favorite artists in the world her name's emily mcdowell and she does these cards um, and it's empathy card. Like she does all kinds of cards, but the ones I want to mention are empathy cards. And you know how sometimes you go to a store and there's like no cards for what you need. Right. It's just so lame. Yeah. Her cards have bad words in them and are <laughs> amazing for people that, um, and she's got a whole line of Elizabeth Gilbert cards with her quotes on it. So if you check out emilymcdowell.com, I just ordered a bunch of her empathy and, um, Thank you cards. Oh, that's so awesome. And it's Elizabeth McDowell. No, Emily McDowell. Emily McDowell. No, I was thinking of Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay, we've confused everybody thoroughly now. Emily McDowell makes cool cards and sometimes she uses Elizabeth Gilbert's quotes. Yeah, she licenses them. I love it. Licenses? Licenses. <laughs> producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.